Glad that everybody has joined us on the stream here at, um, at our house. We've actually got some, some folks joining us as well. And uh, so, so if, if you really want to experience Jesus next week, you have to be here. Because they get it first, and then it goes out to you guys. So uh, wherever you are, we are so glad that you have joined us today. Uh, we are currently in a series called What Next? And come on, man. That is something we have to constantly be asking ourselves in the season. Uh, it's like, what next? I mean, church at home, uh, this everything, I mean, we, we lose our venue, we find a cinema, we, we move to something else. And, you know, we all go through seasons of asking that question, what next? It can be, uh, you know, it's not always a bad thing. It's a, it's a good thing as well. Like when, you are, um, when you've achieved something, when you've like finished studying and you've done something really well, and you're very successful and you um, like lifted your personal best in weights as well. The question that you ask is, what next? What is the next for me to try to overcome, to accomplish? But then we also get those questions, you know, when things aren't going right, you know, something happens and you go, oh, flip, what next? Yeah. Hey, so no matter where we are in whatever season that we're walking in, there's always this lingering thing of what next? And, you know, that is the question we've been asking um, God in this um, walk as we come towards the end of the year. And this week I was just reminded and encouraged through this one verse. And, and that is what we're going to be looking at today. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to be reading verse 28. It's a really well-known scripture. Paul is writing to the church in Rome that is going on um, extreme persecution. Like them, they're going, where do we meet as church? Hey, we, we, we have the same question. It's like, where are we going to meet? And, and with everything that they are going through, Paul writes and encourages them through this one verse, and it says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And so, you know, as I was reading this, I was like, really? And he's like, yes. And, and I want you to notice two things here. It says, if you love him, if you give your life to him, if you pursue him, if you make him your Lord and Savior, these two things you will have. Number one, you will have a purpose. He says it there, according to his purpose. So there's a purpose on your life. So... Even when we have those questions like, what next, Lord? Why is this happening? What is going on? He goes, you know what? You still have a purpose. No matter what it looks like now, you still have a purpose. And then number two, this is the main thing in all things. In all things, what is your thing or things that you are facing at this moment? So I'm going to ask questions like, how is your relationship with your family? with your spouse, uh, with your friends, with your colleagues at work? I mean, what is, um, how, how are things going at work? Hey, how, how, how is your finances going? How is your health? You know, all these things that I mentioned are things that can consume us, that can bring us down, that can take us off a path. And he goes, in all these things, these things that keep us, up at night. I'm not achieving my goals. 
these things, God goes, I am working them for good. Now, let, let me explain that in, a, in, a more, in an easier way. Have you ever made like a dish, like food, like you copied your mom or a friend's recipe, you got all the ingredients, you chucked it in, and it just came out bad? You tasted it and it was like awful. And then like your mom, your wife, or someone else walks in and they do something. They work that dish. They throw nothing away. They take nothing out. What you have there, they just work it a little bit differently and it becomes a masterpiece. That is exactly what God is saying to us through Paul in this thing that um, he didn't make things bad. God doesn't bring bad things around your way. He, the, the situation that you're going through, it wasn't. he's a good God. I've got to tell everybody this. He's a good God that loves you. But it doesn't mean that you aren't going to go through trials, storms, testing. There aren't going to be failures and disappointments. But he says it doesn't matter what you go through in everything. To those that love me, I'm working it. I am busy doing something that is going to bring a different outcome. So today, I just want to take a few minutes, and I hope my wife has been timing me, uh, to talk to you from this heading, yay. Something good is coming. Can we pray? Father God, we thank you that even though our season looks different, you have blessed us with the technology and the means to still gather together. Thank you that we have been able to open homes and still fellowship with each other. And Father, I pray that in this season, in this moment today, that you will encourage us and grow us individually and as a church, as family. Do what only you can do. Grow us, Father God. Change us, transform us. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, have you guys ever had those um, I was today years old moments? <laughs> you, you, you know, you're like 30 years on this planet. Um, okay, 40 years for me. <laughs> not 40, not yet, not yet. Like you walk through this earth, on this earth, and for a whole period of time, you see things, experience things, and then all of a sudden, someone comes up to you and goes, hey, did you know this thing does that? Like how many of you guys, how old were you when you found out that Goofy was actually a cow? You know Goofy from Disney? Yeah, Mickey Mouse's friend. Goofy is a cow, not a dog. Come on, oh, were you Dante's going, he's today years old, when he found out that, I mean, we got guys Googling here. Goofy is actually a cow, not a dog. I mean, like... Mind blown, that is us dead in our childhood, man. Come on. It's like crazy. So, so we walk through life, and then we discover these things. Like, let me give you another one. You know that pasta ladle or pasta spoon? There's this little hole inside it. Now, that hole is not to just drain water or oil. That hole is the exact measurement for one serving of spaghetti, <laughs> like, 
It's not enough. Like in our family, one box is one serving for one person. But two boxes is but 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 there's this purpose. There's this purpose with everything. You could be walking around all your life and we can easily miss that this little hole actually has a purpose. And it's not just like with kitchen utensils, it's not just with um Characters on TV, but it's in our individual lives as well. We can go throughout our entire lives. Years can pass. Things can happen without us realizing that there's a purpose for others and ourselves. That is different to what we think is actually going on. And we walk and we get caught up in the busyness of, you know what, when we're reading that scripture, in the everythings. The everythings that we go through that we either forget or we don't realize that there is a purpose. So, in all things, I need us to grab this. In the season, in the thing of us not meeting in church, that your purpose is bigger than the role you have. And I, I want us to be careful. Don't ever confuse your role with your purpose. Because it's easy to do that. It's easy to focus on, hey, this is my role in society. Therefore, it is my purpose that I do this and forget that God has actually got something greater for you, for me, in my life. Because all these things have to work properly. And God says, no, all these things, He works for good. So, be it a favorable or successful or something that we don't like, we have to truly be careful that we don't mistake our role that we have for the purpose that God has placed on our lives. Because we can take our role as a provider for our family, for our spouse, and make that the center focus of everything. For instance, we go, hey, I've got this career, I've got this career path, this is why I'm here, to make this company great or do this thing. No, God blesses you in that role, but your purpose is to serve Him. Your purpose as, as a provider is to provide a means and a way for your kids, your family, your spouse to encounter God. It's for you to be able, no matter where you're working, in a big corporate business or, or just, you know, mom picking up kids at school. Your purpose is to make sure that there are connections between man and God, introducing ordinary people to an extraordinary God where you take time to worship Him. Your purpose is to worship the King. And I want to I, I just um, use an illustration here from the Bible. In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, we meet up with David. So everybody knows the story. David and Goliath, everybody knows it. And yet David is on his way to his brothers to give them food because they are at war. And so, <laughs> sorry, and so his brothers are, are busy fighting the Philistines, but uh, what you need to understand or remember is they are only three of his oldest brothers. His three oldest brothers are the only ones fighting. Because you had to be a specific age before you could go to war. It was law. 
which means if you weren't 20, you couldn't go to war. So think about it. David's three oldest brothers were with Saul, and he was the eighth son of his dad. So if there was a kid born every year after each other, I feel sorry for his mom, <laughs> but, but just think about it. That would put David at like 14, 15, if not younger. So here's David heading off to the battlefield to go drop off stuff. He hears Goliath talking. He hears how he's blaspheming. He's seeing no one's doing anything. And so what does he do? He asks questions. And in the process of asking questions, his brothers hear and they go, what are you doing here? So we're going to pick it up here in verse 28 of chapter 17. He goes, now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and your insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? Because if we have a look at just this little portion of Scripture, his brothers focused on his role, and they forgot about the purpose that was just given to him not, not too long before this encounter with Goliath. You see, they had a specific idea of what a king was. A king was an older man, a stronger man, a taller man. So when Samuel came to anoint a new king... David wasn't invited because he didn't make the cut. He wasn't old enough to be there. And yet Jesus, God goes, no, wait, hold up. We've got to change a few things here. They didn't think to consider David's purpose at that moment. His purpose was to be king, to lead armies of God, to overpower their enemies. And all they could see was a little shepherd boy. You see, don't use someone else's life, someone else's success, someone else's climb, someone else's family as a template for what God has for you or where you need to be. Because we could easily as a church look at, you know, these other churches and go, oh man, if only we had a building, we'd be a church. But God said, no, that's not the purpose. The purpose is to introduce ordinary people to an extraordinary God, get together and fellowship, grow each other. And here we are. We, we, we're growing in more ways than one. So you might fulfill a role, but don't neglect your purpose. Because who you are and what you do, who you were, is not something to put you down, but it's something that God will say, I can use that. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, where you come from, he will work all things, alles, for good, what you have been through. He will take it and go, I will give you a heart for people that have gone through the same thing. He, he will raise you up so that someone that comes across your path and go, hey, this is where I've been. And you can go, let me encourage you through what Jesus has done for me. You could be a successful person in the workplace and he's going to go, I can use that as well. I'm going to give you strategy. I'm going to give you plans. I'm going to give you direction to help grow my kingdom. 
He doesn't say, okay, now that you're successful, leave and start a church. He says, no, why don't you come along, people that are already there? You've got something that people need. And he goes, whatever you have, whoever you are, I can use that. You see, everyone was afraid of Goliath, but they didn't know that something good was coming. And that something good always comes in the form of something unexpected. Think about it. Their salvation at that moment came through a little boy. That even Goliath acknowledges, like, why are you sending a kid to fight me? Is that you mock? Are oh, you mocking me in the in the Thor of voice of, of sorry in the voice of Thor in the Thor of voice? <laughs> Welcome to church, guys. <laughs> but as well as our salvation and the salvation of the Jews came in the form of a baby. When Jesus arrived here on earth, not as what they expected, this. This grown man on a horse with armies, he came as something unexpected. So in our lives, God is going to take what we find unexpected and turn it to use it for something good. Because what people see as insignificant, God uses as a stepping stone, as a start to bring change into things. Turn with me quickly to 1 Samuel. We're going to look at Dan, David's life here quickly. 1 Samuel 17 from verse 36. It says, David has just been chatting to his brothers. The, the king hears about this. The king hears the commotion and he calls him in and he goes and, and, and he looks at him according to what he sees. A little boy. And he starts questioning him. And David tells him about what he has done as a shepherd boy. And he convinces the king in these words. In verse 36, it says, Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said. And I, I think this is key. He says, the Lord. He didn't say, me. He said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. I, I've just got to stop there quickly. In Romans, we said, we, we read that those who love me, I work for good. We need to make sure that our focus is always on the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one that can take us through, the one that can raise us up, our comforter, our support. Because if it's all on us, we will never be able to accomplish anything. So let me carry on. So the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And check this out. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. I love how God didn't change David at the moment. Have you guys watched Shazam? You know, it's this little boy running around. And he goes, Shazam! And he's got like these six-packs and like muscles. He looks like Rudy, like running around. It's like without, like in Cape Town, Rudy would run around in shorts. But, you know, God doesn't change David. The boy that looked after the sheep, the boy that killed the um, bear, the boy that killed the lion was the same boy that went out to face Goliath. You see, God didn't change anything. But from beforehand, he was working things in already. And at this moment, God says, the same boy is going to kill that giant 
You see, the same Peter that didn't believe Jesus when Jesus climbed into his boat and said, hey, let's go fishing. That same Peter was the same Peter that cut off a guy's ear when they came to collect Jesus. He's the same Peter that turned around and started cussing everybody when Jesus was taken to be questioned. He's the same Peter that denied that he knew Jesus. And he's the same Peter that God started what we call the church today. He changes what's inside of us. He takes what we have been through and he works it for good. Come on, guys, something good is coming. We look at where we are and we go, my gosh, how is this going to work? But can I encourage you, you as you are with all your worries, all your hiccups, your success, your pain, your disappointments, your hurts, your trials, your fails, your start-ups, your New Year's resolutions that didn't work, your failed relationships, your kids that don't listen to you, the dogs that attack everything, that you, God, can still use to fulfill His purpose. So don't look at what you have and where you are and go, why, Lord? Can I rather ask you to change that phrase to what's next, Lord? Because where you are is not your destination. David went through a lot of things. Killed Goliath, but then was hated by his king. Was persecuted by his king. Was driven away, had to go and make base camp in his enemy's kingdom, had to partner with his enemy. Can you imagine someone you don't like and you have to become good friends with them? Someone that betrayed you and you go, hey, I've got to live in their house. All these things David went through, but he was still purposed to become king. Have a look at this. 2 Samuel 5, verse 3 to 4. And this is something... I mean, we're in a totally different book, let alone a few different chapters. In verse 3, it says, When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. Verse 4, David was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 40 years. It was more than 10 years, because think about it. He wasn't old enough to go to war, but at the age of 30, he finally stepped into what God had called him into. From being anointed to becoming king, he saw his fair share of highs and lows, successes, disappointments, betrayal, you name it. He went through everything, but in, in everything, God was working and something good was coming from that because he had the strongest army. Not only did he defeat giants, his mighty men did the same thing. They gained territory. They, they were amazing. You see, it doesn't matter where you are. If it's not good, he's not done. We know that already. So he constantly keeps working it. At the end of everything, he became king. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't settle. Don't allow your current situation to give up on your promises that God has given you. The purpose that God has over your life is not found in what you do. 
It's a means to get to where you need to go. Remember, it's not the destination. God is working. And we are testament for this. It might not happen tomorrow. It might not happen tomorrow. It might not happen next week. Heck, we don't know. What next, Lord? But know that God is working. Something good is coming. So with that in mind, I want to encourage everyone today. As a church, we're not going to look at what we are busy facing now as the end. God is working something good. He's working because something new, something good is coming. In, in, in the homes that we have at this moment, I hope you guys have got each other's number. I'm going to encourage you guys to pray with each other and for each other as well. Because God wants to create family more than just a building. So that people can come in and belong. Where they come into family. In your individual life, don't worry about what you're going through. In all things, pray. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's not the time to give up right now. Where you are is just a moment. Keep pushing through. You're still standing. But know this. He is still working. Can we pray?